0: Your home of the Pens and the best men's coverage. WXDX FM
1: Pittsburgh, an iHeartRadio station.
2: Okay. Okay. I give up. Taylor Hall of the New Jersey Devils should win the NHL MVP. I think he's going to. And I can't say he doesn't deserve it. The Devils are going to make the playoffs. They've won three straight. And Hall has been on a tear down the stretch. He had two goals and two assists last night when the Devils demolished the New York Rangers 5-2. He's on a nine-game point streak. And during that streak, he's got eight goals and eight assists. He is producing like crazy when the games are counting the most for the New Jersey Devils and... He's all the way up to 6th in the NHL scoring race. And you know what? That's good enough for me. Taylor Hall's my MVP. If Colorado makes it, McKinnon could win it. And I'd have no problem with Kucherov getting MVP or Gino. Just so McDavid doesn't win it on a non-playoff team that is underachieved badly giving preseason projections, Giroux might deserve it, but F Giroux. He's a flyer. The main point is Taylor Hall has fulfilled the requirements. I cannot and will not argue against him anymore. Sick Again. Brought to you by me throwing up after Muhammad Salah went off hurt. Actually, brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CW Electrical Services dot com Uh, Pierre Lebrun uh, the hockey writer had some interesting thoughts on NHL MVP he wondered why more defensemen haven't won the NHL MVP Chris Pronger won it with St. Louis in 2000 the last guy on defense to win MVP before that was the Boston Bruins immortal Bobby Orr in 1972 and that was his third straight Goalies have won it a few times in recent memory. Carey Price, Jose Theodore, Hasek. My basic feeling is, though, goalies and defense already have their own award. Goalies win the Vezina for best goalie. Defensemen win the Norris Trophy for best defenseman. That doesn't exclude them from winning MVP, but since they do have their own awards, for me, they had better be an overwhelming choice. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Let's go to Kevin in the car. Kevin, you're on with
0: Double M. Hey, Mark, what's going on? Hey, hey man. um, I think if we beat Columbus tomorrow, we might have a good shot. Basically, maybe playing New Jersey the first round because I think Jersey's going to jump over Columbus. I think Jersey or
2: Philadelphia could jump over Columbus, though. Philadelphia losing last night to the Islanders. Uh, they did themselves no favors in that regard. In fact, you know Philadelphia hasn't even yet clinched the playoff berth.
0: If if Florida sweeps, Philadelphia is out. If Florida runs the table three games, the, the ROWs. Well, correct uh, me if
2: I'm wrong, but Florida's won their last three in a row, correct?
0: Yes, they've got two against Boston, and one against the Islanders. I think if they win
2: them, you really think the, last you last really one, think they're going to win six games in a row, to, including two against Boston to end the season? Well, I find that, I find that hard to believe.
0: If the last one is meaningless, it might be.
2: that might They might have a chance. If the last one's meaningless, then the whole the whole discussion's out the window. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Scott in Harrison City. Scott, you're on with Double M.
0: What's up, Mark? Hi, Scott. Hey, so I disagree with your notion on Derek Broussard. I mean, it's not surprising that you know nothing about hockey, but he should be on the third line. Why yeah, he is-
2: actually is on the third line. So yeah, since, you- since I agree with that and you agree with that and Sullivan's doing it, That indicates that you know as much about hockey as me, so if I know nothing, where does that leave you, junior? You want him on the second line, though. No, I've never said I want him on the second line. you did. No, I've never said that even once. I'll tell you You what, if you can find that on tape, and all my shows are available on Archive, if you can find on tape anywhere I think Broussard should be on the second line, I'll buy you the high school diploma you clearly lack. Anything else good? I didn't think so. Let's go to Sean. Sean, you're on with Double M.
0: Hey, Mark, this is uh, Sean. I just wanted to say that I listened to all these people calling in about the Pirates. This and that, I want to see them do good. I'm sick and tired of them not being paid or not dishing out the money they should. But I do believe that I'd like to see some people call in and say how they could make the team better or make their players better. Okay, how
2: could they make the team better besides spending more money? Well, what I'm saying is, certain things in practice. There's certain things
0: I did. So I was very talented. Oh, where did I
2: you play, play, Sean? What level did you play at? I just played at Freeport High School. Right. So, how can you here, uh, here drawing here. from your drawing from your vast knowledge is a I'm sure a star player. Were you a star
0: player? No, I just here's my suggestion. Okay, as
2: as a as a working man, stiff type player. I mean that in a complimentary way, Sean. At Freeport High School, how can yeah. the Pirates get better? And well, keep in okay. mind, keep in mind, they play games every day, so practice except what they do before the game is kind of limited. Go ahead. Well, there are certain things that I've done. Okay, now I, I, now let, let's just stop right there, Sean. If there are these things you've done, how come you never progressed past being like a mediocre guy at Freeport? How come you weren't like playing in the pros, uh, like the guys you're now thinking you can instruct? Well, it's
0: not that I can instruct them. I have many good suggestions. That's what I was looking for. People to call with good suggestions to make this team better. I believe I could have taken teams from years ago that were mediocre and eliminated mistakes and made each player individually better by
2: just a couple simple suggestions. Well, I'm sold. When, when can, can you get to PNC Park? How huh? soon can you get there?
0: Buddy, I'd be willing to put, and there are certain things like if I told you this, Mark, real quick. Yeah, you're, you're
2: boring the piss out of me, so goodbye. I mean, I, I, I strung you along as long as I could to make a fool out of you, but you weren't even good at being made a fool out of. And when I say boring the, the uh, out of me, I, I mean that in a, I guess really there's no other way to mean it that it isn't kind of offensive. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Every nerve ending in my body feels like it's being poked with a pin as it's 3 nothing at Hanfield with, Manchester City putting the Reds under siege. Uh, let's go back to the basics of the show, the questions I said at, at the top. What team would you most like to play in the playoffs if you're the Penguins? What team would you least like to play? In order, I'd rather play Philly than New Jersey, than Columbus, than Washington. The fear of New Jersey, we're going to talk about this with Mike Rupp and Dejon. And they, they join the show later. The fear of New Jersey, I, I don't quite get. I know that they beat the Penguins, what was it this year, three out of four. And everybody said that they got this speed, they've caught up to the Penguins, they might be faster than the Penguins, and, and yada yada. And I do think they've added speed. And I do think in terms of speed, they may have caught up to the Penguins. They don't have the scoring depth. They don't have the playoff experience. They don't have a lot of things the Penguins have, which is to say they have Taylor Hall as opposed to Sid and Gino. I'm tired of hearing about guys like Taylor Hall. I'm tired of hearing about Claude Giroux. I'm tired of hearing about Columbus when they don't have a first-line center. Ovechkin, yeah, I'll talk about him. He's earned my respect, scored a lot of goals, had a good bounce back year this season after struggling a bit last. But all these people were supposedly threatened to the Penguins. I don't see it. That doesn't mean they can't lose to a good team playing together as a team if the Penguins are a little off. But Taylor Hall, small potatoes. Claude Giroux, small potatoes. Everybody on Columbus, small friggin' potatoes. You know, when you win something, let me know. When you really truly threaten to win something, let me know. Right now, the Penguins are two time champs. Right now, the Penguins got Sin Gino. Right now, the Penguins are really still the team to beat. 412 333 By the way, here's numbers. Somebody called before and asked, what do teams have to do to clinch playoff bursts? Uh Columbus needs one point to clinch. New Jersey needs two points. Philadelphia needs three points. And that's assuming Florida wins out. Which I don't think they will, but uh that's how you calculate a magic number. Four one two, three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. It's the Mark Madden show. We got Mike Rupp at the bottom of the hour, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Come, son of Jorrell, kneel before Zod. Oh, hi. Um... Always great to hear from the lady caller. The X at 105.9. Here's the situation at Anfield. We're in about the 73rd minute, Liverpool 3-0. Liverpool's best player is off hurt. Everybody else is tired. Every single one of our substitutes is injured. I mean, we have guys who are technically substitutes, but anybody would want to put in isn't available to be put in because they're hurt. So am I still real nervous with the three-zip lead? Yes, I am. Because you don't want to give up any goals because it's two legs total goals and away goals count more. Actually, the system with UEFA Champions League, the away goals rule, is very similar to the NHL playoff format where you flip the wild cards back and forth between the divisions. Except it's not similar at all, just equally confusing. Unless you're smart like me, which you are not. How about the, the uh, baseball player from Freeport? Crazy old bastard wanted to go coach the Pirates. And I think he's just nuts enough to do it. Let's go to Bob in the car. Bob, you're on with Double M. Hey,
0: Big Sec. What's up?
2: Hi, Bob. Hi.
0: Right. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the relationship between the pit basketball program and the Pirates program. Seems there's a relationship.
2: No, there's no relationship whatsoever. The Pirates manage based on making money to the detriment of winning. The Pitt basketball program has made some mistakes, but I think their intentions are good, and they ended up getting a decent hire uh, with Capel. I mean, I don't even see a remote comparison between the two, but go ahead, test me out. Tell me what you think. Well,
0: I'm just thinking in college basketball, it's about the exposure. Um, Pitt's program has been terrible for God knows how long, and it seems like they're not going to go anywhere because anybody that's good in the country doesn't want to play for a team like Pitt right now. And the Pirates with the revenue sharing—yeah,
2: this this is, this is this is making it. my brain hurt. There's let, let's just say there's no relationship whatsoever, and goodbye. Uh, was I wrong to blow that guy off? I just don't see the relationship there. For one thing, you're comparing college and pro sports. For another, like I said, the Pirates. Everything they do is based on money. Pit money is real important to them. But but I don't think they make bad decisions based on greed. The Pirates make bad decisions, decisions they know are bad, baseball-wise, based on greed. Let's go to Jeremy in Conneaut. Is this Conneaut, PA, Conneaut Lake Park, Jeremy?
0: Uh, Conneaut, Ohio, but close
2: enough. Sir. Oh, screw Conneaut, Ohio. Anyway, what do you want? Uh,
0: good day, good day. Uh, a couple of picks, man. I'm going to ask you a question about the playoffs. I would love to see him take on the Blue Jackets. I think it would be a more a entertaining game because, you know, how Blue Jackets have stepped up. So as a fan, I'd like to see that run. Obviously, I love when they beat the Flyers, just like you do. But I'd love to see, as an entertainment standpoint, i love to see the go get the Blue Jackets first. Yeah, I'm, not, then, I'm uh, not
2: real big on picking series based on entertainment. I, I want to win the series.
0: Oh, of course you want. So, 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 I, so, you,
2: so I, I don't disagree that Columbus... I think Columbus and Pittsburgh would provide a very watchable seven game series. But who do you think is the team the Penguins should most like to play in terms of having the easiest path? I'd say the Flyers, of course. Okay, they and they know, okay, now let me let me let me double down. As entertaining as Pittsburgh and Columbus would be, don't you think that Philadelphia and Pittsburgh would have that same potential because of the rivalry
0: and the emotion? That's possible. I mean, I just think Columbus being the better team, but obviously I want them to advance, like Houston, that's number one. Well, if you're, you talking, about, if you're talking about playing the
2: better team, let's talk about uh, about Washington. I mean, come on, those are the two traditional best teams in the oh, Eastern yeah. Conference.
0: We are going to see them later on. We both know that. That's already coming. I, I love that later on, speed Washington, too. We always look at that. And I have, uh, I, have uh, two well, I, I always hate Mark. to
2: talk about later on. I've talked about later on a lot of times where we just didn't get to later on. But go
0: ahead. Yeah, cause meanwhile, Ohio, and obviously it has to do with a lot of uh, naysayers up here that uh, aren't at your intelligent level. But a lot of rumors keep going around the media up here in you know, Northeast Ohio, and I want to get your take on this. What would you, if, would you feel if you would make this trade, go straight up for the first-round draft pick?
2: The, the Browns just aren't going to do that. They're just not going to do that. They're not going to trade. First off, they're going to take a quarterback first. I'm not even going to talk about this. There's no reason to think they would want to trade the first-round pick for Le'Veon Bell. The back with more wear and tear, who costs more, Just, just no reason. I'm tired of dealing with dumbness. Let's go to Ken on the turnpike.
0: Ken, you're on with Double M. Hey, Big M. Big <laughs> Double M, big fan, big fan. Thank you. Um, so, looking back to the trade deadline, do you think the Pens made a mistake going with Broussard instead of Grabner? Well, I don't think there was a choice per se.
2: Now, if you want to ask me if I would rather they got Grabner, that's something they could talk about. Uh, see, see, here's the thing. They wanted to get Broussard so they could put Kessel on his line. So, from that standpoint, I'm sure they think Broussard was a better get. But part of me wonders what it would look like with Grabner providing that forecheck. you would have Haglin on one line, Grabner on another line. I think Grabner would have been a natural fit to play on Crosby's line. A, a lot of that does make me wonder, but what's done is done, right? Yeah, I think we'd still be a four-line team had we done that. I now you see, let me let me let me interrupt. Do you really think they're a four-line team? I think we would have been. Had that I don't happen. think I don't think that's an illusion because you want everybody to feel involved, and you do want to get X amount of production from the lower part of your lineup, but. Uh, look at the minutes played for the, for the fourth line wingers, not, not the center so much when it's Shane, because you know, he plays, gets a lot of PK time, right? Yeah. But, but look at the minutes played by like Kuhn and, 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 you know, Aston Reese when he's on the fourth line, you know, guys like that, Rowney, it, Rowney gets the PK time too. The Penguins are a three line team. They roll three lines and use the fourth line to, store penalty killers. That That's the way the team's basically structured. That doesn't mean you're not going to try to get some good minutes out of your fourth line, especially when you have a lead of a goal or of two or more goals. See what I mean? Yeah. But, but the Penguins are a three-line team. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Matt in the car. Matt, you're on with Double M.
0: Hey, I've been hearing a lot of talk about uh, people here saying that they actually fear playing New Jersey and I actually do not understand where they're coming from. I don't
2: either, but go ahead.
0: As a Penguins fan, you almost have to feel pretty confident any team beats a seven-game series. Pittsburgh has that edge, and I want to know what your views on that are. Um, Is there any team that you personally feel like that poses a threat to the Penguins in a seven-game series? Uh,
2: I think a lot of teams pose a threat. That's not the best way to put it. I I think the Penguins, though, would be my favorite to beat any team in the – Metro in a seven-game series, be it Wash, Columbus, New Jersey, Philadelphia, all of them, I would pick Pittsburgh to win that series. Although, I think, I think Washington could win a series against Pittsburgh. I think Columbus, that'd be a long shot, but could. I don't think Philadelphia or New Jersey could, which is why I'd like to see one of them as the first-round opponent.
0: Right, because I I personally don't think Washington will actually advance that far this year. I kind of get a feeling that they're going to drop out early. And then I kind of get a feeling that either Tampa Bay or Toronto will be the Penguins' biggest pass, even the East.
2: Well, you know what would, would would give the Penguins the best shot to win the Cup?
0: Because okay. you,
2: need, you need breaks sometimes, especially when you're going for a third straight. Let's say they play Philadelphia in the first round and Washington plays New Jersey and Columbus goes to the other division, right? I'm talking best-case scenario here, not likely by any means. Right. The best thing that could happen would be if New Jersey would upset Washington, Pittsburgh beats Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh winds up playing Philadelphia and New Jersey in the first two rounds. And oh, gets man. at least one quick series out of that. That'd be pretty good, man. You know, again, how about a break? How about some luck? Not that they didn't get their share en route to these last two cups, but uh, I, one thing I don't think the Penguins could ever be accused of in in both cup years— I don't think they got the easy path or an easy opponent in any round. I don't no, think there's no. any any time you could say, "Well, that was a blowout." You knew you were going to kill those guys. Even like the Rangers in the first round, the Rangers had one of the best goalies in hockey. They always have had a lot of depth. It, it was just it was a tough path. What the Penguins could use more than anything this year, if they are to overcome the fatigue and the demand of trying to win the Cup a third straight time, it might be an easy path, a break because- in the bracket, as it were. All right, up next, Well, it's still 3-0. Hopefully, he can come in. He was known for his defensive prowess at forward. Hopefully, he can come through when he joins the show. It's Mike Rupp. Now, with the NHL Network, it's former Penguin Mike Rupp. Up next, the 105.9.
1: This is Evgeny Malkin, and you are listening to Mark Madden on 105.9 The X.
2: Joining me now from the NHL Network... He is a former Stanley Cup champion with New Jersey and a former Penguin as well. A pleasure to talk to Mike Rupp. Rupp, is this playoff race crazy or what? We've got four days left in the regular season and nobody knows who's playing who in the playoffs.
1: I love it. I love it. That's what we uh, thats what we all want, right? We want those things to talk about right now. And um, its it leaves a, a lot of meat on the bone as far as the schedule is. And, and uh, you know, it used to be about you knew where you're going to be, you knew who you're going to play. It's about getting to play the right type of game going in the playoffs. Well, now it's about trying to get the right matchup if you can. So uh, lots of moving parts still in play.
2: I have to concede, Rupper. You were right. Taylor Hall's the MVP. This late run, it's done it for me.
1: Yeah, last night's game for me, I I, I did. I, I have been wavering back and forth on different nights like most people. And um, last night did it for me. I'm, I'm not turning back now. It's Taylor Hall MVP. Um, you know, what the crazy thing about him and when you look and, and it's not even, you know, cause you'll get, you'll get fans from different markets that'll say, well, this guy gets to play with this guy and this guy, you know, and, and, and uh, it's not detracting from anything anyone else is doing. I mean, this is probably the deepest list of potential MVPs that we've seen in years, but Taylor Hall just seemed to do a little bit more. I mean, he's got 42 more points than Nico. He's Uh, we, Montreal Canadiens leading score in points is Brandon Gallagher with fifty-two points, and Taylor Hall's forty-two in front of the next guy in line on his team. So it's incredible what he's done. Um, he's single-handedly gotten this team going and uh, made, making them look pretty dangerous in the process. Uh,
2: I would give it to Hall. Who would be your number two choice, number three choice after him? And I know a lot can still play out between uh, now and uh, the weekend.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Um, Firm now in my, my finalists my three um, my three are uh, Taylor Hall Nathan McKinnon and Nikita Kucherov um, and then you've got the next group which man it's it gets really debatable and interesting after that I mean obviously Gino's in there um, Andre Kopitar uh, there, there's just so many different players that can you can mention their names in, in this next kind of realm in, uh, of players all of them are deserving to be mentioned. I wish there was a little bit more finalists that were. Um, it'd be nice if they took more. We just there's so many guys this year. I mean, you can go on and on. Um, there's probably ten guys that would would normally be guys that would uh, would be finalists. You, you say no way to McDavid, right? Um, here's the thing. Uh, he should. He's in that group with Gino. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him far off off of that. Um, I. He, I don't think there's a way he could be a finalist. Um, for the obvious reasons, the team not making the playoffs. But I'll tell you one thing that he's had to deal with that nobody else has, and and his numbers over eighty points now five on five. That's unworld. It's out of this world. I mean, what he's doing in our modern hockey is is crazy. And um, the other part about it that I think it's overlooked a lot of times. This guy's played with probably eleven different wingers this year. So some of these other guys that you're talking about with the heart. Uh, they're generally playing with the same guys all the time, and uh, Connor McDavid's making it work no matter who's. If you check out who he's playing with tonight, uh, he's playing with Cara and uh, and uh, I don't even know who else. Could, could you all? <laughs> I mean, is good lord, this guy's making it work with anybody who's on a line with him. So he's definitely in that mix, but uh, I, I don't see him being a finalist. Uh,
2: Pittsburgh visits Columbus tomorrow night. That game's going to determine a lot. Who has the most to gain by winning that game? If Pittsburgh wins, I think they finish second. If they don't win, I think they might slip to a wild card.
1: I think that Pittsburgh has. Uh, that it's a more important game for Pittsburgh. Columbus has been playing great hockey. They're a team that is very difficult to play. And what a what a game they came back in last night and won. And um, for me, it's the Penguins still need they need that home ice. Uh, PPG Paints has been so good the penguins have done a great job of establishing themselves at home over the last couple of seasons you need every every little thing you can get in your favor and uh, home ice is one that i, that I think uh, it's not make or break but it's it's one that would definitely benefit for the pens
2: the pittsburgh versus columbus matchup is intriguing rupper uh is a great goalie but has not often played well against pittsburgh and pittsburgh has much better centers but columbus has better defense there's clearly areas where one team's strength dovetails into the other team's weakness
1: it does it doesn't and, and for me it's going to come down to the goaltending I think that the series came down to goaltending last year we know what Flower did for the Pens we know what Bobrovsky didn't do uh for the Columbus Blue Jackets so I, I think it would with those kind of pieces fitting in perfectly as far as the, the weakness of one team being the strength of the other and those things coming together I think it's still going to fall on goaltending and it's kind of easy to say that. I think most series do. If you have a goaltender not playing well, chances are your team's not going to win. But uh, Bobrovsky, that guy's got to, for this team to win against any team in in the in the playoffs and around, he's got to steal a game or two. And uh, he's capable of doing it, but he didn't look very sharp last year against the Pens.
2: How much did Columbus add by getting Ian Cole uh, from Pittsburgh via Ottawa? And how much did Pittsburgh lose? Because, Rob, I'm sure you know that's a hot topic around here.
1: Yeah, I I think that any time you get a defenseman who's been around a long time, he's he's won um you know, he's he's won uh Stanley Cops and he's a, a player that defends and you know what you're gonna get from him. It might not be the most beautiful thing every night, but you know he's going to defend. And from one standpoint, you've got the Columbus Blue Jackets who had another guy. You can say it's a depth move. I think it's a guy that will actually pay dividends for them and in, in in the playoffs because he does all those intangibles. Um a, the Blue Jackets did a great job, not just with him, with other guys, even up front, of just adding and, and maybe maybe not allowing their, the players to feel too comfortable in their job every night, knowing that Ian Cole's there now, and uh, you you go and you get a Mark Letece, too. And, well, and, and right out. now,
2: Robert Cole's getting top four minutes. He, he Not by a lot, yeah. but he's in their top four.
1: And if he moves out of that, the guy who's going to be in there is going to feel the heat of Ian Cole or anybody else on his heels. So those are great competitive things to have inside that locker room. From the Penguins, standpoint my my concern is when I look at this Penguins D there's one true defending defenseman on that team for me and it's it's Brian Dumoulin and he's a guy that um you need more guys like that I like the Pens D but how do they fit together in pairings and we talked about it last week on here um there's a lot of having an Ian Cole really kind of offsets and solidifies things in your lineup when you have a Justin Schultz in your lineup, a Chris Letang, these guys that they need to take chances in their game, and you need guys to stay back and be able to hold down the fort. Ian Cole does that. One team's got him, and the other team probably needs a guy like that now.
2: We're talking to Mike Rupp. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with the new Macan. Uh Rupper, you know who that difference maker is with Columbus is Panarin. He's exactly the kind of player Columbus needed, that big-time goal scorer. If they had a center, I'd have a lot more faith in them, but Panarin is just what the doctor ordered otherwise.
1: Yeah, he's been so good, so good. And, and and I think a lot of it this year, you get a new face and a new place. It takes a little bit of time. And when you have this guy, this Columbus power play last year was one of the top power plays in the National Hockey League. And you go out and you get our Artemi Panarin, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to think. Well, our power plays should be legit again this year. It's been horrendous, and I would think that he probably takes a lot of that on his shoulders. So he's dealing with a lot of things. He's going to a team now where he has to be the guy. He's not in Chicago, where he's got Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane in front of him. Um Now he's front, you know, front row and center, and he's got to he's got to execute and he's got to perform. And I think he's done a great job of kind of dealing with the, the doldrums of the season of not doing that, to now he's doing it, and he's looking pretty dang good doing it. He's so skilled. Um, he can score goals, set up plays. He, he's a guy you got to know when he's on the ice, and um, he's that one weapon. We've talked about this Columbus team for a number of years now and how great Cam Atkinson's season was last year, being in the All-Star game. It still wasn't a guy that strikes fear in you, or Temi Panarin strikes fear in you.
2: Who has to pick it up for Pittsburgh, Rupper, The Penguins haven't been great lately. What's been lacking? Who's been lacking?
1: Um, I I don't I don't necessarily I mean they they, they haven't looked great obviously but it, no no they've, they've not looked
2: terrible but you you get what I mean there there's no, just no, something that's no. a little short right now
1: right and the and the reason why I, and I guess I'm saying that because I'm just prefacing it with what I'm about to say a guy for me right now and I and I said on your show last week was it's now time for staff to maybe it's been done to look at chris letang and say this is your decor you are the guy if we're going to do this again it's because of you grabbing a hold of this and and chris letang he hasn't been he had his time where he was not great and then he got going now he's got to be great from here on out he's got to be great and i think he has the ability to do it um we've seen him do it before we need him, to, we, the team needs him to be consistent. He's got to demand himself each night that he's not only going to drive offense for the Penguins, but he's going to be logging some tough defensive minutes, too. And I, I think that if he can accept that challenge, this team will be fine. And uh, I, I think that it's time now that you, you look to him and say, you're the captain of this D. you got to take control of it.
2: The Penguins' PK has been awful lately, just 70% since Cole left. How do you fix that, like, overnight? Because... They have to, but it's my experience, Rupper The stuff like that doesn't just come together in a game or two.
1: Hey, don't take penalties. Be <laughs> I mean, the easiest way, I guess. But uh, no, I got gotcha. you. It's it's tough because you you know whenever penalty kills are struggling, you try to simplify. You try to try to shrink shrink in the zone and come closer together. Defend the inside out. And although that could be good of not allowing those passes through the house, which are always so dangerous, going through to a one-timer, getting those east-west passes, um, you might be able to stop those, but you're giving a ton of zone time, and a team's allowed to snap the puck around the outside and get different kind of looks, and it's wearing. So there's that fine line where you want to try to simplify and get back to the basics, but you also still got to be aggressive, and I think that that's one thing that all over the ice, five-on-five, power play, penalty kill, that's, usually the penguin strength. So just get on the same page and, and when your one's aggressive, everybody be aggressive. Get those sticks active. Um and, and just uh you know, don't overcompensate and try to be too conservative and uh or else it's gonna be a, a long two minutes in your zone.
2: What's the fatigue factor like right now for Pittsburgh after playing uh eight series over the past two playoffs What's the fatigue factor like, and how bad do they need a short series early if they're going to win again?
1: It's tough because not too many people have been down that road. I have not. I haven't been to, uh, I haven't won two Stanley Cups in a row and and played those two deep seasons like that in a row. Um, So it's hard to say where they're at physically. I I, I think that I would say a lot of it, a lot of it's upstairs, it's outside noise. Um, You find ways this time of year. I mean, Listen, when we start NHL seasons, you see guys come into training camp and you can say, hey, player X there, look how jacked he is. He was working hard this summer. The guy looks like, uh, you know, he looks like Fabio. And by the end of the season, the guy's skin and bones. And I think that's the greatness of the NHL playoffs. Is it's just, It just it, it takes everything out of you. So it's more of a mental thing. Guys will still get it done. You'll find ways to get it done. It's just you can't believe that we're tired. And you can't listen to that because – uh, you don't want to start planting that seed of doubt, and and you do if you if you admit those things. So, um, I don't think it should be that much of an issue. But then again, I haven't done what they've done, and and it's something special. But um, it, everyone's tired this time of year, and it's just going to get worse from here on out.
2: Tampa Bay killed Boston last night for zip. I guess that's
1: called sending a message, right? <laughs> I love the way they came out. They hit everything that moved. Every Bruin that touched the puck, they hit.
2: Yeah, It's weird. It was like kind of a non-Tampa game, but they got a Tampa result.
1: Yeah, they they needed that game so big. That that game was huge because that would have been 0-4 against the Bruins this year. And going into last night's game, they never held, held a lead against the Bruins this season. So as good as you might feel about yourself... Um, over the course of the year and they were four and ten, uh, four and six in their last ten going into last night. They needed it and I love the way they responded. Vasilevsky gets a shutout. Those guys come out without Steven Stamkos. They beat the Bruins in the physical, they beat them everywhere, all over the ice. They defended well, they blocked shots, they played physical. Um, and the big thing for me that I'm gonna say again, uh, I, I, I love it and, and I said it at the trade deadline. The biggest sleeper trade uh, part of a trade in the National Hockey League was J.T. Miller going to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, he was on a short leash in New York. He's still a young player that has a lot of talent. He's got some warts in his game, but everybody does at that age. And uh, But his upside, if they handle him the right way, is great. And he got his 10th goal now in 17 games with that team, which is leading that team since the trade and this guy's a force. I think he's going to be absolute force in the playoffs. And that's what they need, especially going against the potential Boston Bruins in the second round. JT Miller adds a little bit of uh, I don't know, a little bit of uh, sandpaper to that team as well. So, uh, that was a huge win for Tampa.
2: Rupper, great stuff as always. We'll do it again next week and we'll see you at the rink. Awesome, that's. That's Mike Rupp from the NHL Network. You can see him locally at ATT SportsNet and of course hear him here on the X. Mike Rupp brought you by Auto Palace Portia. It's over! Liverpool 3, Man City 0. Still work to be done next week in the second leg. No word on Salah's injury, but uh, that's a pretty good day at Anfield. Yes. 105.90X. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. Bob up. Uh, i got to read the uh, Johnny Manziel quote again because it was absolutely precious. It uh, just shows what a a, a dunderhead he is. J- just amazing. Johnny Manziel said to Dan Patrick, if Cleveland did any of their homework, they would have known I wasn't the guy who came in every day and watched film. I wasn't the guy who really knew the X's and O's of football, unquote. Now, is it just me, Bob, or is Johnny Manziel, who's washed up at 25, it's like he's bragging that he's stupid and lazy and trolling the Browns for being dumb enough to draft him.
3: That's exactly what he's doing. And this is a guy, Mark, who's trying to sell himself that there's a place for him somewhere in football, whether it's the Canadian Football League. You know, he had teams from the NFL out there watching him a couple weeks ago or a week ago, and they said he could throw well, but here he is proving to them that he doesn't know NFL offenses, and then he, eh, he's not going to take the time to learn them. There was more to that interview also. There were like two or three other quotes where he just continually made himself look dumber while trying to make the Browns look bad enough for actually putting some faith in him.
2: Yeah, yeah. when I look at that quote, if I'm an NFL team, that discourages me from taking a look at Manziel if indeed I
3: thought of that in the first place. Any football team, Canadian Football League, NFL, anybody out there that sees that story or sees those quotes, Mark, no sale on Johnny Manziel now. He just, you know, put the last nail in his own coffin.
2: As I mentioned uh, earlier, the B team was talking about how the weather's so terrible for baseball this time of year. Well, nobody changes the weather. So, how can baseball fix that problem? I think baseball should be shorter. I would knock 18 or 20 games off the schedule and start baseball in mid April. Now, that's never going to happen because they'd be giving back money. That mm-hmm. would be losing. Ticket in TV revenue, but then don't complain about the weather. If you're playing it at a time of year when it's still likely to be cold, damp, and even snowy, then go out there, play, shut your mouth, and don't complain.
3: Mark, I'm all for a shorter season. Um, even when I try I'm not a huge baseball fan, I've you know said that countless times here, but when I try and do get into it. It's just too long. It just goes and goes and goes. You've got the weather, which is crap here at the beginning of the season. The weather is crap at the end of the season. You know, they're playing in the playoffs in 20-degree weather. You know, there's so many different factors that are going into it back then. I would gladly take a shorter season, uh, and that might bolster my interest in it a little bit more. You know, shorter season, you're into the playoffs quicker. There's more payoff, I guess, in a quicker time. And I've heard that argument. I've heard that discussion from a lot of people who I know love baseball. They wouldn't mind seeing it a few weeks shorter also.
2: Uh, What about the other sports? Should they all be shorter? I think so, but again, it's never going to happen.
3: Uh yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Like I wouldn't mind the, you know, the hockey season maybe around 70 games uh and then into the playoffs. I wouldn't mind. What was the number you gave for baseball earlier? Uh, 144.
2: That that divides. Well, you know what? Now that there's 15 teams in each league, it might not divide as readily, but but I'd go around 140 or if you want to go back to your tradition, go back to what it used to be, 154 games.
3: It's you know, it's a start. Uh, I mean, if they're going to take some off, I think that it will be fine. Uh I don't pay attention to NBA at, at all. Um, you don't say yeah yeah but no I wouldn't mind just a couple it seems that there's so much overlap anyways you know and I know that people are looking at sports as a relief or something but sometimes it does drag on so long and I'm not going to say that the last two years that I didn't enjoy those Stanley Cup runs uh, you know unbelievably because I did Uh, But I remember at some point it was like, oh, my God, how am I going to find another guest to come on the show? Who else is left to talk about the NHL? I can't call this guy one more time and say jump on with us again.
2: Bob, how big is the game tomorrow night at Columbus between the Penguins and Blue Jackets?
3: Uh, It's real big. I was just, you know, before you had Rupper on, we were just discussing it real quick. Um, And you're right. It, it's a pretty precipitous fall if the Penguins lose this one and then some of the other teams that they're up against right now to take that second place in the Metro uh, if they bounce up there a little bit. And I, I agree with most of your callers today. I would like to see Philadelphia as the Penguins' first-round opponent. I think that that is the best way for them to go. Um, I would hate to go over into the Atlantic and have to play either Tampa Bay or Boston. I think that would be the toughest road. I don't even put the Capitals match up in that road. I think jumping over to the other side would be the hardest.
2: Well, you heard what I said. My preferred opponents in the first round, in order, would be Philadelphia, then New Jersey, then Columbus, then Washington, which makes exact sense if you look at the standings. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to play Tampa or Boston until it's necessary. And I certainly don't want to play both in a row, just to get to the conference final, which is what would happen if the Penguins dropped all the way to the second wild card.
3: One change on that one, I would rather have the Columbus Blue Jackets second. Uh, because You'd
2: rather of, play them than New Jersey. The New Jersey, I mean, yeah, how come?
3: Uh, just because you know New Jersey plays a lot of the style that the Penguins play right now. They've you know had their difficulties with the Devils this year. Uh, I'm not saying that there's a bugaboo or anything like that against that team, but I think that with Bobrovsky and how he just folds against the Penguins... Um, and even with some of the changes, you know, there's the, the the Blue Jackets are a little bit banged up. They've got Warenski back, you know, as their top defensive pair. Uh, Panarin, as you and Mike talked about, Panarin is a true talent. He worries me, but I just think overall the team the, uh the team of the Devils uh, would be a harder. Opponent. I, I don't
2: know, Bob. I mean, I think the Devils have Taylor Hall and speed, and not much else. Uh, and I think Columbus has overhauled their team. They they still don't have a first line center not a legitimate one, which really hurts them against the Penguins with Crosby and Malkin and Broussard and Shane. Riley Shane would be their number 2 center. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they did bring Panarin in. We've talked about him. And at the deadline, they traded for Cole, Letestu, and Vonick, who have all made their team in some small way better. When you have three guys making the team better in some small way, that adds up. I think it has with them
3: two's third line right now, right? He's their third line center?
2: I think so, yeah.
3: So, you know, that's not a name that's... I don't know. Maybe it's just because of what happened in their matchups head-to-head this year, Mark, and how they had their problems with the Devils. Um, and maybe because we've han- the Penguins have handled the Blue Jackets in the last two years in the playoffs, and because of the play of Bobrovsky Bro- has fallen off so much. There's a good argument either way, but for right now, I would just rather have uh, Columbus as the second-round match.
2: And finally, uh, I'm going to talk about Lev Bell next. Lev Bell said some stupid things lately as well, Bob. But what I'm going to ask him to decide uh, next is a month ago he talked about Pittsburgh taking him in and making him a man. (laughs) Last week he said how Pittsburgh's made him the villain. Well, which is it?
3: Well, he changed his Twitter about a month ago also and took all references to the Steelers off there. Three days later... He's got the Steelers logo. He's got you know the big city skyline behind him. He's got the uh, you know a football with the Steelers on it, and he's kind of taken the Steelers and Pittsburgh into his bosom again. Some whoever gets the next one on one interview with him, whoever gets any mic time with him, needs to ask that question: Do you like it here? Or do you not like it here? Do you want to be a Steeler? Do you not want to be a Steeler? Would you be better off somewhere else, or is your place here with the Steelers and this offensive line? those questions, and just make them answer them. Don't let them get out of it anyway. I'd be real interested to see how he he, uh, answered that.
2: That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought you by 84 Lumber. Up next, well, I think we've already let the cat out of the bag regarding who makes the list, but it's still pretty funny. 105.90X.